All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us again for another episode of Dumb and Drummer. This is episode 17. We have our esteemed guest, Matt Bover. How you doing, bro? <laughs> Thank you, brother. I'm doing great, man. Doing good today. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's, let's jump right in. Uh, tell us what you're up to drumming-wise right now. So nowadays, man, it's almost a full-time job just trying to become a better drummer than you were yesterday, honestly. Um, so as much time as I possibly can, I'm practicing um, every second that I can. Besides practicing, I'm doing a lot of lessons, teaching people, a um, couple you know, you know, things are opening up now with COVID, so starting the rehearsals and hopefully getting some gigs soon with some various artists and stuff. Nice. But mostly, it's just practicing. I'm, I'm writing another book right now. Uh, I can talk about that later. Um, so between practicing, teaching a lot of people, um, yeah, that's that's what I'm up to right now. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. So yeah. where do you practice? Do you have a, a setup in your so I have, Yeah, I have a studio. Um it's in a warehouse. I have a, a little like private studio, a drum studio. It's a nice big room. I got a, you know a bunch of kids. Sometimes I have some friends drive down. We we go at it for a while, but uh, yeah, I, I I teach drums out of there. I practice out of there. Record out of there. Uh, everything. Nice man. Nice. So uh, so how often are you doing uh, lessons and stuff like that? Then it's like every day. Almost. Every day. Wow. Of the of the week of the week. So. Uh, I do lessons anyway, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Sometimes Friday, but yeah, I uh, do a lot of lessons out of there. Time usually, man. usually through Zoom, a couple in person, but that's starting to slowly come back too. With all you know, COVID restrictions are coming. Yeah, you know, get you know, so yeah, more people are coming in, which is great. I love. I much prefer that actually in person versus the Zoom thing. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, and I'm curious, and this isn't on the list of questions, but what, what is the music scene like in New York as far as um, being able to play the music that you want? And, and I mean, is it pretty much normal? So uh, I'm not in the city. Uh, I'm in upstate. So I'm in the middle of the woods. Um, <laughs> here is it's a lot different than, the, than it would be in the city. I'm like two hours from the city, so I could commute to the city um i'm hoping to do that in the future at, at least i'm going to stay here in new york I'm, I'm contemplating making the move somewhere here where i am right now is uh it's really really tough it's there's not many other musicians to play with i have a, a small group of friends i play with a couple couple basses couple guitar players but playing the music you want here is is very very hard man it's you know it's mostly just cover you know some wedding stuff um yeah people want to hear their covers here and, and go to a bar and and hear the things they like so you know being an original band here is really hard but you know what yeah it's, it's, good, it's good practice man you know uh i try not to dog on the the cover gigs too much man because there's a lot of things you can learn from from you know emulating other drummers you know in covers and trying to get that sound and get that feel down right yeah. and you know yeah. it's that's a that's a skill that every musician needs yeah, yeah, it's kind I, of funny it's kind of a meme but <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that's 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 the that's the common feedback is like hey the the, the gigs that are available are and the ones that pay are not you know yeah. my first choice 
it's yeah. the it's the cover songs and stuff like that. And I don't really know. I've never really met anybody that was like I enjoy playing <laughs> covers. You like you like playing your instrument. You like playing live. You like playing for an audience. I mean, all that stuff is a, is a trade off, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly, man. I mean, and like like I said, it you know it's important skills um, in learning covers. It's, it's important skills that every musician needs to learn. Um, but you know it is kind of a meme. But, uh, yeah. You know, but you know. You gotta do what you gotta do. You know, it's, it, I love playing music with other people and playing out any chance I can get. So, especially around here, the gigs are very dry, and especially since COVID, the gigs are almost non-existent. So, you know, any any kind of fun I can have with my friends playing, or you know, I want to take it. Nice, nice. Yeah. So, um, you did mention your book, um, and I did buy it. Uh, but full transparency, I have not uh, gotten into it. So I, I might need to book some time with you just to like break the ice and, and get into it. But any any time, brother. Word, word. Thank you. I'll I'll definitely hit you up because I mean I don't feel like I'm going to start honestly if, if I don't have like a kickstart. But the book is awesome. Um, it's just like a PDF. Uh, I downloaded it uh, for those of you who are listening that don't know. It's just like endless permutations, like permutations yep. of five, groups of five. Groups of seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got the uh, the only real copy right here. Oh, you got here. the paper copy right there. That's I, awesome. I'm working on getting this mass produced, actually. Nice, so Hopefully nice, that yeah. happens in the future. Soon, soon. I think a lot of people would, would like that, too, to put it on the music stand and have a you know, physical copy. But Seriously, can, yeah. Can you yeah. tell us what uh, what was kind of the motivation and thought process on on mapping out all those permutations? So, man, this is where it all came. This is where it all starts. So I was in Berkeley. I was – when I first got to Berkeley – I had never drum shedded with other people. I had never done that kind of thing. So uh, the second I did it, my first drum shed, I, you know, because when everybody who comes to Berkeley, they're like the best drummers in their hometown, you know? Yeah. Um, so when I came to Berkeley, I was like, yeah, man, I can solo. I can, I can do a little ripping, you know? And then you get into the, your first drum shed and you're like, oh my God, like, <laughs> I suck. You know, what was I thinking? So, I uh, went through maybe um, I think about how long it was maybe, uh, a year or so of going to drum sheds with a couple of my friends every once a week, and I was slowly getting better. It was slowly progressing, and you know, being able to to do those sort of things. But I was like, you know, first off, I had a lot of stickings in my head. Um, I never never written them down, um, and it got to the point where it was like, you know so many things in my head that I had not control I have not gotten control of yet or really focused on um and it was hard to keep track of all these different ideas in my head it was kind of it was really tough so a teacher I had at Berkeley was like hey man like you have all these these stickings in your head write them down just, just write them down you know so you have them on paper so you can just see them yeah you because know? yeah. you know sometimes you know it would take me a second oh you got this sticking this sticking and and then later in the day, you think of other stickings and you just, you know, you could just sit there and just think of hundreds of stickings. If you it's want endless, the combinations, yeah, yeah. it's endless. So uh, eventually I was like, you know what, you know, it's endless. Yeah. But if I think of a random sticking right now, I'm going to forget about it and tomorrow unless I right, write it right. down and practice it. So, so I started writing down all the things that came in my head, <clears throat> all these little ideas, you know, between you know whatever two note three note four note all the way up to i think my book has 18 note stickings i think or maybe even a 20 note sticking uh but anyway just writing down all the different sticking ideas so then it was like okay i think uh, i got to the point where i had maybe like 30 stickings and then i was like 
you know what? Like I could like I could like double this. Let's just bump it up three thousand, baby. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) More than double, actually. I mean, like, uh, man, if you if you have a four note sticking and you and you you permutate it, then you have you know you have four different variations of a four note sticking. That means you have sixteen different stickings. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I have thirty stickings, and I was like, I could permutate all these however many times and then i would have like you whatever it was uh 100 stickings or something you know 200 stickings just from these 30 stickings so i was like wow this is actually crazy so then uh i started writing down more i i wrote down all the different permutations for every sticking and then eventually i would i would practice the permutations of stickings and then make slight changes here and there and then you get it you find new stickings um you know it it was just that it was just you know exploration um experimentation just experimenting finding new ideas and then being like okay i can permutate this idea now i have whatever four times the you know four times the stickings that i did prior so yeah that's that's why i started writing things down and that's kind of that's exactly actually how the, the whole book came out the first half of the book was those ideas I, I first came up with and then I permutated them. Um, and then the second half of the book was came from me practicing the first half and then finding new loopholes and finding new modifications. Okay. Find, that's really the word, finding new modifications um, that I thought were just as sick. And I was like, these have to be included. Um, because, you know, once you practice... Uh, you know, for me, it was at least when I practice some, you know, a permutation of an original idea. Sometimes I'd be like, oh, the sticking, this permutation doesn't really feel right. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm playing it. I don't really know if this is very useful, though. You know, yeah. that'd be the yeah. thing. I don't really know if this is very useful. Let me make a slight modification to it to make it feel a little bit more natural underneath my hands, flow more better and just easier to remember and recall and. So that's what would happen. I would practice these things and then I'd make slight modifications. So that's the second half of the book where I made slight modifications. You know, sometimes it would be making a nine note sticking into an eight note sticking or whatever, like changing things up. Um, and then, you know, you can permutate that. And there's a couple, there's there's a bunch of tools. I didn't even really even include, or I didn't really talk much in the book that I plan on talking a lot more in the second book. Like, okay, you know, you can get my whole my whole book and then flip it to the left the left hand side or the other side mm-hmm. and then you oh, have this. off the left instead yeah yeah exactly or whatever and then you have this book times two you know yeah. that's just with that that's so, the second book you just like copy paste and everything <laughs> and you're like all right actually, volume two i actually kind of thought about that maybe not making like a volume two or making it like i don't know like you know something else being like you know because that's a whole other i think my book has 1500 stickings that's a whole nother 1500 if you get the same stickings and just flip them to the other side. So yeah. it's like, man, those are also equally valid ideas. So it's like, wow, it's crazy, endless. And I talk yeah. a, about, I talk a little bit about it in the book, but there's a lot more um, other tools I can talk about later. But um, yeah, that was the, the idea for the book. Um, basically, Word. it just came down for me writing ideas down, which I strongly recommend anyone to do. Any of your ideas, no matter how short, how long, write it down so you can see it on paper and i don't necessarily mean notation i didn't write these in notation i just would write 
right, left, kick, kick yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's 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 the PDF. It's just a list of like exactly. uh, sticking. So so I guess like just kind of talking off the cuff, like what 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 I would love to see is like the application because yeah. it'd be cool to sit down and just say, okay, um, it's a nine note grouping, and typically I play nine as right, 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 left, 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 right, right, right. <laughs> okay, so change it to uh, right, right, left right left right left 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 okay and then yeah, yeah okay all right so cool and then you have to figure out okay there's a you have to figure out a groove and then you have to figure out a a, a fill and you know how to repeat or whatever like there's there's a starting point but like videos are exactly. cool um i don't know if that's on the um on the docket for for the for the ne next round or anything or like yeah yeah hey here here's an example for you you know figure see figure one or something and yeah you already that's a, something that's orchestrated you know to to make it more digestible that's definitely been in the talks for a long time making like a, a dvd to go along with the book or something like an so instructional sick. man so many people have requested that and i should have done it a lot earlier but that's a you know that's definitely something i really want to do you know it's a shitload um, of work though i mean like the, <laughs> that's the thing the, the editing so the audio i mean it's it could be like money money yeah, yeah, I mean, time is <laughs> away from lessons and stuff like that, so it's almost yeah. like a, um, it's uh, it's hard, man. I want to do it so bad, but well, you could just do. I mean, you you know, there, I I talked to somebody the other day, and, and he never posts videos from uh, interface recordings, like like computer mm. recordings. It's all off of his iPhone, and he knows yeah. exactly where to put the iPhone in the room. He knows exactly how to. <laughs> tune his drums and he knows exactly where to like put the speaker for the music so he doesn't even mix anything he just has the raw clip and yeah. edit it on his phone and post it so uh it could even be as you know stri streamlined as that I'm yeah i tell you how to how to do your thing but you know like yeah no no it's a good idea with different angles and everything you could just be like hey, <laughs> the, you can hear the chop i'm gonna play the chop for you all right go exactly go have fun with it you know it doesn't have to be you know i exactly. almost think it was more like that in the drum yeah community. there was less because, I mean, how many drummers have you talked to that have, like, a ton of projects and they just never finish them because it's just, like, oh my God. it's another, like, eight to ten hours minimum for me to finish this project. And, honestly, I just don't fucking want to. Yeah, I, exactly. I, 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 lost the, I lost interest a long time ago. And it's, like, but the project is dope. And it's, like, it's dope, but I'm not going to do anything with it. I'm just going to Yeah. It, you know? <laughs> and it's sad because, I mean, a lot of people would get into it if you just finish it out. So it's, like, how do you streamline that process is the, is the question. Yeah, I like that idea, man. The iPhone iPhones can record awesome videos nowadays. That's, I mean, yeah, that's a good, that's a good idea. Um, my, a big thing why I didn't include, you know, some people are kind of upset about this, why I didn't include notation in my book and it was just right hand, left hand. It's because I didn't want to, I didn't want to impose my orchestration of a pattern already into somebody because I know for myself and, uh, you know, growing up and, and learning and stuff, and I know for a lot of other people, if you say, okay, learn this pattern, I, it goes from the floor tom to the snare to the crash to the, and they'll learn it, note for note, but then they'll never ever take that raw sticking and then reorchestrate it on the drum set to however they want to play it. Um, people were are always asking me, why don't you include orchestrations and notation in the book? It's because I want you to get that sticking, just the sticking, and play it wherever you want to play it. That's the thing, and then um you know doing the whole like groove and demonstration thing also kind of you know, i don't want people to you know 
just play it the way I played it and then never ever do anything past that. And that's the issue with these lick of the day Instagram videos and stuff. I, I kind of yeah. have because um, then people might learn that lick straight up and they will never experiment with it, you know, uh, change it up, playing it in a different note rate, play it, um, you know, off of a different surface or whatever. They, they, a lot of these people, especially with the YouTube, like, oh, learn the 16, uh, 16th note gospel chop lick, and they learn it note for note, and then they never do anything else with it, you know. So then yeah. it becomes yeah. uh, everyone's parroting off of each other. Everybody is, you know. So a little bit about my book was like, I want to give you the information and you do whatever the heck you want to do with it, you know? Got it. You know? Um, so that's the thing. But I would also love to make videos and kind of show people a little bit of, okay, how to apply this to a groove. You know, there's a lot of different contexts in which to put this content. That's that's a lot of things. But you know, that's, that's a really good idea, bro. I think that like, um, I, I would love to see more of that. Like, Like, hey, here's the chop. But I'm gonna play it like five different ways because I, I, mm -hmm. I have I have this this lick and and, and it's pretty hot and it's um, mm -hmm. if that's a way of even saying it it's so bitching bro it's so <laughs> um, it feels really good and 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 and, and a lot of my licks are just one single kick and one double kick so it's all it's mm -hmm. always very simple but it means you can play it really fucking fast which which exactly. I like you can. But but I actually took it and I played it um, in like across four beats, and then and then I doubled it, so I sped it up yeah. twice as fast, and then played it twice in four beats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, "Can I play this three times and do a three over four? And mm -hmm. I did it, and I was like, I, my mind was just I, <laughs> I, I, had, I had the metronome going at like eighty five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah. I'm just gonna fucking cram these <laughs> notes into these four clicks exactly and, and i guess it turned out to be it was three over four but it, it's a it's a 12 note pattern so i did 36 notes in four yeah. beats. i don't even know what that equates to but it was so dope yeah. because then when you slow it back down to regular speed or or even uh -huh. you know you go backwards you go one two three and then two one i'm off the metronome i can't I, my yeah. brain is like you just crammed everything in and now you want me to listen in and just play like regular speed so it's like i, I wish there was more <laughs> licks like that like hey here's a pattern and i'm going to play it for a few different ways now now I, I i'm asking you do not learn it the way that i just played it yeah or forbidden yeah. to play it in the context <laughs> I move it around exactly. you slow it down you put it at 40 bpm and you try to play it like 12 times in a measure or some shit see what happens <laughs> you know just exactly. like yourself but I, I agree with you. I mean, you, you, yeah. parroting is like the perfect word. I never had the word um, yeah. spit all over my computer screen. But yeah, it was like the <laughs> uh, parroting is is uh, is. I, I don't know where where did, where did you hear that? Out of curiosity, uh, that word, yeah. not non drumming term. Uh, I don't even know where. I'd have to think about. It's so perfect. Where. It is. It is. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I think I was actually. I don't know where I got the I use that term, but I know in a couple of days ago I was arguing with somebody about politics and I, you know, so I was I used that I used that that term. Um, anyway, um, but 
That's exactly what it is, man. Everybody's parroting yeah. off each other the same licks, the same crap over and over again. And that's why now in 2021, you would imagine that we have the most original drummers of all time because technology advances. We have YouTube. We have all this information to access. But how come, you know, I, I think that there's less creativity and less original, you know, less original players than ever, I think, because everyone's learning from the same streams and then they're not doing anything with that information. Um, that's the biggest thing, man. Um, so that's why a big thing about my practice is, um, you know, I, I look at the thing, the, the stickings in the book, um, for instance, as my content. And then, so that's the content side of, of you know, the language, the, the vocabulary, drumming. So that's the content. And then there's the context. So how many different contexts can I put this content in? How many different, it's like, it's like you find a, a crazy new word and like, okay, how many different sentences can I say this and how, you know, you, you don't just learn it like one way. You, you have to learn a new word in, in many different contexts, you know, so you can speak freely utilizing, using, utilizing that word. It's the same thing with drumming, man. So, I try to put that that same sticking, that same phrase in many different contexts. So the way you said it was great. You got you could span it across a whole bar, you can span it across a half bar, three times a bar into the the three over four or the uh, half note triplet, whatever. Uh, and then the I just thought I'm sorry to interrupt you across the bar line. That that's that's yeah. the thing too, like like stretch it and make it one and a half times. <laughs> exactly. You know, there's just so there, and, and and dude, content and context, you, you're so spot on, man. But you know, you know what? It's ninety nine percent content and one percent context on social media. Hundred thousand. It's like a fucking hurricane <laughs> of just spewing notes, yeah. charts, and and stickings, and 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 yeah. and, and and the parrot, the parrots, dude. The parrots, <laughs> the parrots are flying great. everywhere above. Literally, oh, literally, man. Yeah, exactly. You have it so right. Nobody talks about the, the context. And if you really want to be a soloist, you, that should be the probably the, the priority. You know, or if I should say, if you want to be a storyteller, the context is the most important part, more so yeah. than the content because it's the context of what you say your vocabulary that makes it you know gives it validity um that's it's like the same thing people use this analogy that okay if you, if you start talking about you know how hot it is outside and you start you know and then the next sentence is about why you love eggs so much it just it just makes there's no context i, I don't know i'm just saying random crap <laughs> but you know there's no context to any, you know so you just sound like you're crazy you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> um anyway it could be used the same way for drumming but you know the more mature you get as a drummer and the more able you get you can actually use that to your advantage so there are some times that i try to sound crazy on purpose so you know that just that just comes with maturity and experience and having control over those different avenues of expression like do i want to sound like i'm a psycho i'm psychotic freaking hulk right now or do i want to sound like i'm a whispering you know a, a whisper you know or a bird or like a mouse that's so quiet you know, <laughs> you know, you know there's different there's different avenues or do i want to sound like i'm a storyteller telling a a love 
poem or do I want to sound like I'm really angry, like I'm about to put, you know, punch the door down. There's these different avenues of expression um, that we can utilize. So that's that's a part of context, but context also can mean rhythmic context. So if you get a six, like you're talking about, I'll use your, your uh, example, 12 no sticking. So 12 no sticking, you can play in so many different ways. You can play it in a half note, you can play it in a whole note, you can play it you you did something funky. You're saying you did a twelve note sticking within a half note triplet, the three over four thing. Yeah, that's that's really funky because twelve, you know, a half note triplet is eight eight triplets, uh, eight sixteenth note triplets. So then you put twelve in that same space. Yeah, so that's really funky. That's really cool. I love that stuff. Um, but you can you know, and then the thing is like, okay, I can also start or end my phrase anywhere. Yeah. So it doesn't yeah. have to, like you were saying, going over the bar line. Yeah, dude. So if you do a 12 note sticking, you could end it on one, or I could do any, oh, any note sticking. Really. End it on one, end it on the E of one, end it on the and of one, end it on the uh of four, the and of four. Yep. You know, yeah. that, that's just the the relative home around one, you know, the mm-hmm. and of four, uh of four, e of one, and of one. Or it's almost one. like if you, if you had like a jazz chart and it had the accents and it was like, okay, you can play <laughs> my lick, but yeah. you have to end it on the accents on the jazz chart. Eesh, and, that's also and, it's like, and it's like, because then I would actually use it. Cause I, I so I keep on, I keep on thinking back to this, um, Justin Bieber's drummer. Yeah. Uh, Ron Taylor. Yeah, yeah, Devon Taylor, yeah. So he, on his New Year's Eve uh, performance, there's a clip that he put on his Instagram where he's just massacring the end of the song. Yeah. And then it goes into, um, it, it's a transition into another, like, just, like, chiller song, and I don't know any of the names. But I transcribed all of it, and oh, I tried to play it note for note. There's a video on my Instagram, and I, I didn't yeah. really get the feel right, but I was happy oh. just to get like a version out that I didn't absolutely hate. Yeah, yeah. I have not used a single lick, <laughs> a single element of Dude. that, and I worked my ass off. I was probably like five yeah. or six hours into that into that project, totally Dude. practicing and editing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, like, that's sad. That, that you, is so you, sad. You just you just you just <laughs> get the carbon copy. You do all yeah. that work, so so it's like that. That's for me personally. How do I how do I take it and then actually adopt it as part of my vocabulary? So I'm not just exactly. like a one and done. And I feel like the jazz chart thing, the permutation thing, uh, e- even dude. I mean, even what you're saying about hey, I want you to play the lick, but I want I want you to pretend like you're in a library and you have to play mm-hmm. as soft as possible because then you'll put yeah. it in different places. You won't use the toms. Exactly. Use the maybe one voice, the ride and the snare, and be jazzy about it. And then you'd be like, "Hey, I, you had a bad day at work. I want you to play the lick like you're pissed off." <laughs> you know, and then you added a double bass for some reason or whatever. It's exactly. Like, but you don't see that shit happen, man. I've never had a lesson where I'm asked to do anything that outside the box. Yeah. And that's yeah. the context we're talking about. I think is that like literally what what are educators doing? What is the community <laughs> doing right now to make it stick and not just be like, "Oh, I got 40 million views on that video." Exactly. But like, Man, how are you, how are you, you know, evolving? I can go so on and on about the whole thing you're saying, learning a transcription and then never being able to play it. I see that all the time on Instagram. People are like, here's my whatever transcription. They play it note for note and it's great and all. But then I always want to ask people after learning transcriptions, I'm like, okay, you know, you learned it great, you know, awesome. But what are you going to do with that? 
And how are you going to make it your own? Because now you just played a Matt Garcia transcription or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, how are you going to make it yours? You know, how are you not going to, how are you going to utilize it in your everyday life? And they, and 9.9 out of 10 times, people don't have an answer to that question. Yeah. Because they learn the transcription and that's it. end. They end it there and they just pray to the drum gods that all this vocabulary is just going to spew out of them at any given time. It's not how it works. It's not how it works in language. If you think about, like, keep going back to language. If I'm learning a new language, I'm not going to, you know, I don't, I don't really know how to speak Spanish, but uh, I know how to say, uh, you know, where's the, where's the bathroom? Donde al baño or something like that. Donde está el baño. Exactly. Yeah. I, that's the only sentence I can really say. Um, I don't know how to use, Donde in any other sense. I don't know how to say Albano in any other context. I don't know how to yeah. say any of those other things. I just know that sentence. So it's the same thing in the in the drum transcription. You're learning the whole essay, and you're but you're not learning it word by word at a time. You're not learning what each word. You're not giving the, each word all the weight it needs and all mm-hmm. the reinforcement it needs to really stick inside your brain. You're just learning the whole essay, the whole solo. And it's like learning a sentence in another language and having no control or ability to use any of those words in that sentence on their own. Dude, that, that is that is the best analogy I've ever heard for what we're talking about. Because, and uh, 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 someone who's fluent in Spanish is going to listen to you and be like, "Dad, this kid is such a dumbass." Because, <laughs> and, and, and if, if you if you memorize like a speech of some you know sp- you know leader in Mexico or, or or in Spain or South America or something like yeah. that, and you learn it word for word the speech, yeah. and you enunciate it correctly and everything, but all you know is the speech. It's exactly. like twenty second you know public speaking <laughs> engagement, but you you memorize it in Spanish. What are the applications of of learning that? You literally don't exactly. know. You, there's future tense in Spanish. My my partner's Spanish, so like her, right. she's Venezuelan, so like I'm trying to learn Spanish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm trying to learn it through like Google Translate and shit like that. So it's it's been <laughs> it's been kind of a uphill battle here. But as yeah, far yeah. as the um, but as far as the context, like what you're saying, um, the only way I learn now is by applying what Google tra- like. I try to listen back. And then I try to remember as we're texting, and I'm like, "Can I send this text without using Google Translate?" <laughs> yeah. Wrong. But I, I don't need to. I can just put it into Google Translate and let it yeah. be exactly what it is. Hit the uh, copy button and paste it over, and I can do that forever. Just exactly. like I can learn transition or uh, transcriptions note for note forever, exactly. and and, exactly. and I'll still be practicing and getting better. But there's like, yeah. um, yeah, I could talk about this all day, man. But that this is this is a lot of the reason why I don't do. Eric Moore and J Rod and these transcriptions mm-hmm. that I was doing before because it wasn't making me a better player. Yeah, making my ear and my eye better, and there's applications mm-hmm. for that. But that's not what yeah. I want to work on. I mean, honestly, I don't want to totally. be a better transcriber. I'm fine with where I'm at. Might be a better <laughs> exactly. player. You know what I mean? Exactly. If you want to, if you want to use transcriptions to your benefit, you have to go into the transcript. You have to learn it. Okay, learn it first, and then you have to go in and find each little tiny you know, uh, phrase they said that they, they, they played, you know, every, I don't want to say sticking cause I'm talking about in phrases and trying to relate it to language, but, yeah, yeah. um, you, you find every punctuation that they said and practice just that it could be one bar. Okay. Let's just say you get, you break it down bar by bar. Okay. Learn that first bar, but I want you to practice that first bar at 20 beats per minute for, two weeks straight, uh, whatever, an hour or two a day, and just that either that first bar or that first half a bar. 
if I want to, I'm trying to tell people to um, error on the side of smaller instead of bigger. Error yeah. on the side of, okay, I want you to learn the first beat of this whole transcription and just practice that first beat for, you know, very, very slowly, meticulously detailed, perfect for hours and hours for two weeks. And that's the only way you're going to be able to get these these uh, little trinkets uh, of uh, these little golden nuggets of vocabulary from these greats and utilize them to yourself is if you break it down piece by piece by piece and you have to repeat it and repeat it and repeat it, you know, repetition. And you have to, you have to put it into your muscle memory. It's the only way. And then furthermore into your subconscious brain. So you could just be sitting there playing something else. And then this new idea comes through because you've developed, developed it to the point where it comes out in your subconscious. That's why I'm, you know, with you or any other person who's, uh, good at the drums they don't need to think about what a paradiddle is i could be dead and so yeah I, yeah you know, I, I don't need to th- it takes no it takes no mental thought to play yeah. A paradiddle. yeah well okay so if it takes no mental thought to play a paradiddle how about we use that same scale to learn a nine note sticking or an eric moore phrase how about you know um you know and then then even deeper than that, man, the more control that you have over those, those pieces of the vocabulary, then the more potent your performance comes across to the, the, the viewer, the listener, because you yeah. have control, you know, the people want to see you play things that you, that you have control over, not that not things that you don't have control over, not, you know, um, because when you have control over, or over the things you're playing, then you can be your true self and the listener can really, you know, that's half the, the greatness, the great thing about listening. It's not necessarily all the music. Um, it's half of the listener, too. The guy who plays the notes, yeah. the, yeah. the charisma, the confidence, the, you know, that uh, that shines through the, the performer to the listener, man. So, when you know, it's not all about just the music. Music's half and the performer's the other half. So, but when you, when you control these smaller little bits, you know, you can, you have more of an opportunity to emote and be yourself for the listeners um, sake, you know? Yeah. So you're not just playing the same shit over and over again too. I mean, that's, exactly. That's yeah. So I, I, I mean, I, I feel remotivated on this topic. I hope that people <laughs> are listening are going to look at it differently, but yeah, I, I would just hope that as drummers, we don't, we, we, we start, uh, you know, giving things a second look, like look at it through a different lens, you know, like, mm-hmm. yes, Somebody worked at, like, Matt worked his ass off to transcribe all of his own stuff. Like, so, I mean, and, and it's available. Like, I think all the Animals as Leader stuff is available. So, I mean, it's crazy. Would, be, would be, like, you know, <laughs> un- unlocking the secret code of, like, yeah. know, being amazing. But but it is it uh, it is all what you do with it. So, yeah, 100, 100%, 100% agree. Um, I want to hear some Berkeley stories. What what, what, is uh, your, what is your favorite, most favorite experience or most memorable experience from Berkeley? Uh, so there's a couple things. Um, I don't know if I would ever say there's one favorite uh, experience or the favorite uh, experience that I, I can think of. I probably can't talk about. Okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, in general, my favorite experiences at Berkeley, two things, you know. Uh, towards the second half, after I wrote the book, um, I was uh, really motivated to, to shed with other drummers. And that was my, my biggest thing was I wanted to keep on shedding. I want it. 
it was friendly competition. So it was no no egos, no I'm better than you, I'm gonna beat you, you know. But it was like a, a you know, utilizing your friends to to help you get better. So I would you know, I would get together with almost I, I think I almost I shedded with almost every drummer at Berkeley, almost. Um come, I would host sheds. I would host drum sheds at Berkeley for sometimes you know, four to six hours every night. It would go, you know, kind of late into the night. Um, and I would just shed with that. Anybody who wanted to sit down, um, we would have big groups, small groups of people, sometimes three guys, sometimes 15 guys would come. And that was one of the best times of my life. And I, I'm looking back and like, just having the, you know, your friend, awesome drummer friends around you, pushing you, you're pushing them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're, you're kicking butt and you're also getting your butt kicked, you know? So it's just kind of, you know, it, it inspired me to, to really try to, to, to get better and better and better, faster, more powerful, you know, be, be, have more vocabulary, all these things. So you're not just playing the same things over and over and over again, because that, right. that ain't going to fly for very long. You can't have drum sheds for six hours and play the same things over and over and over again. You got to constantly be evolving. So the, the drum sheds were definitely one aspect. Um, and I miss that so much uh, here. There's no other drummers really where I'm at. So that doesn't really happen here, um, which is it's sad. But host, host you know what? Yeah, I'm sorry, what? Host one in the woods. I know, right? I should. <laughs> I should. Uh, sometimes I have friends that drive down here, and it's, it's good. But, um, yeah, so that's one aspect. Another aspect is uh, definitely hanging out with my teachers, who, who were my biggest inspirations and still some of my biggest inspirations. Um, seriously, hanging out with them till late at night, sometimes having late-night shed, shed sessions with my teachers. Nice. Um, you know, Dave Desenzo was a guy who I hung out with almost – it probably was close to eight hours a week. We, we'd get together, and, yeah, he was my teacher, so we, he, we had a lot of lessons, but also hanging out after lessons, you know, um, going to shows, uh, you know, talking to drum, drum stuff, and that, that was so inspiring. Um, there was – Dave Senso, Ralph Peterson, who unfortunately just passed away not too long ago, oh, um, and Marco George, Marco Georgievic, and uh, James Murphy. Those those four guys were my teachers that I really tried to hang out with as much as I could. And uh, yeah, they all they all are crazy. Uh, and just you know, having drum shit, probably one of the best memories I have at Berkeley. I'll never forget this. One day, I had. Uh, and Marco Georgievic and Dave Desenzo, I got to shed a couple times with those guys, mm-hmm. the, my, my teachers. Um, and that was just like, man, this is so cool. Like, I got like, these two guys who I think are like some of the best drummers alive. And I'm just shedding with them, trying to keep up. And we're all just having fun. We're all like, oh, that was sick. You know, it was just it was <laughs> a great time. So that was probably one of the best memories I have. It's a couple of those late night, those are pretty late in the 11. Uh, you know 11 12 uh you know midnight where we're just shedding going crazy sweating like crazy and it's so inspiring because you know you have your teachers afterwards being like you know oh you really really kicked ass but you know you're tensing up or something you know there always would be some sort of constructive criticism afterwards like that's good so that was that was definitely some of my best memories but the drum sheds being able to practice like like all hell you know at Berkeley, I we get we get to practice like seventeen hours a day. So there, I get to practice an ungodly amount. Because I had besides classes, 
which I didn't have that many glasses, uh, I would just get to, to practice. Because what else am I going to do? Sit at home and watch Netflix? You know, no, I'm here for a, a short amount of time, four years, and I got to make the best out of it, you know? So I was practicing from anywhere from 10 to 17 hours every day. Trying to get better. It was, yeah, it was a lot. And unfortunately, now that I graduated, it's a lot harder, as everybody says, you know, you got to. You know, now I just got my own apartment. I have to, you know, try to find work. And when drum work doesn't work, you got to find a part-time crappy job elsewhere, you know, and then do drums on the side. So, that's you know, everybody, man. That's everybody. everybody. Let's, 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 I mean, that's a whole other podcast. Like, I'm, yeah, literally. I'm so successful, da, da, da. But, you know, I got to drive for, you know, Uber Eats. Or I got to, yeah. no, because you're, you know what, you're a real human being and drums don't pay you enough to support your family. So, I mean, like, I know. Walk to the club, like, have a corporate exactly. job. Um, there are a few people that are lucky enough to do drums full time. Yeah. Um, seems, it sounds real stressful to me, though. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like, that's a it's lot. It's so finite. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's a pandemic. I mean, gigs aren't even in full swing. And then also, like, you really want a gig, like, all the time. I mean, is that really <laughs> the dream? Is your is your dream to break your back? Yeah, right. And unloading your drums exactly. multiple times throughout the week to play for exactly. You know, play for pay or pay for play. You know, it's just not exactly. I, it's, it's not for finite. me. I'm, I'm not knocking anybody else's. Yeah, it's it's yeah. very finite, man. At any moment, it can be taken away from you. You know, it's just and if you're living that life, there's good chances that you're not making very good money. So you're you're probably living paycheck to paycheck for most. You know. Yeah. And, and it's, or whatever you know? it's, it's, a, it's, it's a taboo subject you know i think harry yeah. marie is the only person that really was like you know no no bullshit i will tell you how much money i make yeah, yeah. Like the most money i've ever made and uh and there's something about you know if, if, if you're a vocalist or something like i can maybe see that you know like mm -hmm. show up with your fucking microphone yeah right <laughs> stroll in and all right i'm ready guys you know whatever let me okay you know it's like okay, well, fuck you, you know, like all right, yeah, exactly. I'm not gonna be ready for another like 40 minutes, but um, exactly, yeah, nobody wants to help you either. <laughs> it's just yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's the thing. Like, like, um, like, I really miss playing gigs though, and I and I like to do it occasionally, but I feel like the only way I could play gigs now in Austin is if I just put out an ad and be like, I'm a drummer for hire, and I just mm -hmm. don't want to do that. I mean, I, I want to play original music. Yeah, uh, I am an original band, but you know, we're we're struggling finding gigs. And yeah. then, and then, even even when we're talking about, oh, there might be a gig or there might be an opportunity for me to like play out. I'm just looking at my studio and I'm looking at everything is like absolutely perfectly set up. Like it's been like overly scrutinized because it's just sat yeah. for a year. It's all mic'd, yeah, yeah. mixed, everything's perfect. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to touch that right now. Yeah, exactly. All that's <laughs> fine. Like I need, I, like I will buy another drum kit right now for my sweet. Yeah. I will text my Sweetwater rep and be like, sell me. The PDP <laughs> birch walnut with the wood hoops that I've been wanting for like five years. I love that, that shit, and that will be my gigging kit. And I'm not gonna yeah. take my fucking drums out of the studio. I'm just yeah, yeah, it. yeah. That's what I got. I got my nice setup, all nice and set up and stuff. And I have a, a gigging kit. You know, it's a lot crappier of a kit that I'm not gonna cry if it gets a scratch on it or something. That's really um, smart, man. That's really smart. Yeah, that's. I think that's the way to to do it, man. Because I'm not trying to. Yeah, because then if you take out your kit, you have to not only tear it down, but then you got to set it back up again. If I have another kit, it can just stay stacked up in the corner and I oh, can man. stack it back I'm not, up. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not about, yeah, I'm going to stack a kit up in the corner if we're not <laughs> going to do gigs. But I mean, exactly. um, 
It is kind of nice though because I have that pearl rack. So at mm. a, at a gig, you can just have like ninety percent of everything on the rack, and then yeah. get one other person to help you. You just lift the whole thing on the stage. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. um, but yeah, I, I think depending on, and then sometimes, man, you, I mean, you work so hard, and everybody's like aesthetically, you know, everything looks so good, but then you never even hear the person play. You know, it's it's all drums, yeah. not like <laughs> aesthetics only. Um, yeah, yeah. But for those for those people, um, like setting up is like just such a chore and such a process it's like it's like it's not even about the music anymore so i don't want to lose that either like i would rather oh that's what i was going to say um you work all you got the d-dub kit you got you know fifteen thousand dollars invested and then you go to the gig and they're like oh this is a backline gig yeah like yeah. well i want to use my fifteen thousand dollar drums and it's like no it's a backline gig so yep. bring your and your snare but that this is the way that it is man like and yeah you know backline gigs are, are great everything's mic'd up and mixed yeah you know cuts down on set takes pressure off you you know you just mm -hmm. got to use some different shit so oh man it's happened so many times where you they tell you I, one gig happened the last year they said we know backline you have to bring everything so i brought my nice crap i brought my nice everything mm -hmm. and it was at a big festival i had to go down you know go through all up here there there around and you get your badge and all that exactly got i had to have a golf cart with a guy carrying my drums in the back of a golf cart and, stuff. and then we, we get to the stage and then it's, they already have a drum set everything's already mic'd up and i'm like yo i just had to go all the way from the the uh, parking lot all the way through here with my drums and it's already all set up they told me there was nothing and, and it was like all oh, too bad you either use our stuff or you you don't so, well, you know you where, know. where are you gonna put your drums during the gig it, i had to put it back i had to put it in the backstage but i yeah I didn't like that. you're not gonna leave it in your car exactly and it, it was like a festival outdoors so it's kind of it was backstage it was just behind the stage and anybody could have just gone up there and grabbed the tom or something yeah you're, you're playing they could have grabbed the snare well you probably used your snare but like they could have grabbed anything yeah exactly yeah they, they could have and it was really frustrating because you know carrying drums and having to deal with that crap is so stressful well, i mean now 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 i have a hand truck and, and there are um have you seen that uh that thing it's like a hand cart but it's got the the it's like the the cases so you can only you only make one trip you have a symbol bag over your thing and then there's like a it's like a cart it's got the bass drum on the, the bottom car. it's got yeah, these yeah. little like zip things oh yeah is that groove gear or something groove gear yeah yeah that yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. Shit, that shit is amazing because it's like yeah. that, that's the biggest thing but even even having a hand cart um it's yeah. like a it's like a dolly that that can break down into a hand cart even yeah. having that was like a complete game changer at a gig. So just yeah, like make it in yourself. But I think we can agree that like most of that sucks. <laughs> and especially if you're like, y'all are playing a 20 minute set. And it's like, yeah. 20 minutes? <laughs> bro, oh, it's going to take me like 10 times that amount to like get yeah. everything from here to there. <laughs> and then you live in upstate New York. So like, where's the yeah. gig? Like, how long yeah. did it take you to get to the gig? Yeah, an hour at least. At an least. hour? Oh, at shit. Least. Like, my, my gig could take me, like, ten minutes. Like, I'd <laughs> go, like, 6th Street or whatever, like, yeah. or, you know. But anyway, um, so a couple more questions here, and then we can, yeah. we can call it a day here. Um, the uh, pieces of gear you can't live without. Like, what are, what are the two things that stand out to you more than anything? All right, so if we're just talking about... You know, if, if I'm going to gigs and they have the drums already all set up, I've never seen it. I don't know if it's good. I don't know if it sucks. I don't know, but I'm going to trust them that they have a drum set and I don't have to bring anything. Um, the two things that are going in my backpack that have to absolutely come at all at all costs are uh, a pack of moon gels 
and uh, I actually have uh, I, I recommend everyone to make one of these an old drum head you cut out an old drum head and you kind of make a big fat snare drum esque kind of thing yeah. but I mine's small mine the one I have is like a, a like a eight inch or ten inch yeah it might be eight inches yeah and or ten inch something like that and I use that only for the floor tom because sometimes these crappy backline kits have a floor tom you hit you go or something and you don't have the time to sit there and tune it and tweak it you know with the whole kit you don't have time to really tune and tweak so what i'll do is i'll get this i guess you could use a big fast snare drum if you got one but if you don't got one you know i got this little tortilla looking thing and i throw it on the floor tom and it sounds like a floor tom you know because that low end and it cuts out the ringy sound and it's it works great for the gig fine and the moon gels uh that's for like most of the snare maybe the tom if it needs it but most of the snare mm-hmm. and uh those are the two most important things that are coming with me besides i might bring um i sometimes i bring like an extra t-shirt for the bass drum if it, if it needs it or you know some small things like that definitely a drum key definitely your drumsticks i've seen some people not bring drumsticks and have to ask other people in the lineup you got drumsticks yeah that's a disaster yeah um, so so bringing drumsticks but those are the two most important things and it's kind of lame for me to say those two things but i'm not uh i've played so many different drum kits going through berkeley and doing random gigs around where they have really crappy drums already set up and you gotta you kind of have to make it work no matter what that you know i I personally can deal with a crappy drum set and and be okay with it as long as I can try to make that snare sound good, the floor tom sound relatively good, and the kick drum. You know, if if it needs a a ton of dampening and if it's mm-hmm. a thud, that's good enough for me. As long as it works, you know, if the tom is if the tom is terrible, I just won't use the tom. But those are the the, the most important voices I think for any normal everyday gig. It's just a, a, a you know snare floor tom kick. So uh, those are those are the two small things that I try to always bring. If I if I have to bring my own stuff, um, it, the two things I wouldn't leave the house without if I had to bring my own stuff. That's a hard question. Uh, <laughs> it's meant to be. <laughs> yeah, that's a hard question. Um, you know, uh, oh man, um, yeah. It almost never happens to the point, you know, that I have to bring my own, that I have to like bring everything my, myself, you know? Well, it's just, I think a better uh, way of asking the question is like, it is a backline gig, but they're like, if you want to bring like your snare and cymbals or other shit, okay. your pedals or whatever you can, yeah, yeah. that gig, what would you make sure you're like, oh shit, I have a, I got to pack it all in one bag or I, I don't have a ton yeah. of or whatever. You can only bring like two things. What would those two Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. So I, I, I guess if that's the case, I would probably... I would probably bring a crash symbol of some sort because usually backline crashes are really crappy and really bright, like B8 or something like that. Yeah. Really, they're usually pretty crappy, at least the crashes. The hats, you can make kind of crappy high hats sound okay, I think, for uh, an everyday normal gig, you know, nothing special. Um, so I might bring a crash and a ride, um, you know, so, you know, that's probably the most important thing. Snare drums. I can usually make a really crappy snare drum sound pretty good with yeah. either a wallet or some moon gels and just crank the piss out of it. Uh, you know, that's 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 like the best approach to snare drum like tuning. <laughs> Feel like my snare sounds like shit. I'm like, have you tightened it to the max? 
Exactly. Have you done like 19 turns on each mug? Because <laughs> if you stand Bicknell, uh, there's a lot of people that just have cracked <laughs> hair drums. And yeah, depending yeah. on the material, it yeah. doesn't really work for wood, but any metal snare drum, in my yeah. experience, just crank the fuck out of it. It would I sound agree. so much better if it was higher pitched. And you I get agree. that crack on the, you want to crack on the rim shot. Like, I'm all about warm wood drums and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm a brass boy. I'm a brass boy yeah. all day. Love that. And that shit sounds real. I got the 8x14 brass, free flow. Oh, even better. So even my, better. My, my shit is like a fucking gunshot. You know what I mean? But <laughs> you crank better. it up. Even better. And the cool thing about bringing a little tortilla cutout head thing, if there's one tune that like could use a, a low snare sound, you can get that thing off the floor trauma and throw it on your snare. Yeah. Even if your snare's cranked, it will give it that kind of lower sound, you know? Yeah. So yeah. either cut out a head or bring a big fat snare drum. I have a big fat snare drum, but I still always end up bringing the small little one for some reason. Just a little more portable. It's small. I can put it in my pocket, in my, my book bag or something. Yeah. Um. But yeah, those those are the man for for dealing with backline crappy drums. I think that's the the most important thing for me is you know moon gel pack, a full pack, uh, a, a cutout drum head, and uh, maybe a t-shirt for the kick drum or something. If I need. That's it. sick, man. I I just love asking that question because everybody's approach is different. They're like, yeah, I'm not yeah, gonna leave without my signature ride, or I'm not going to leave without. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people say snare or like pedals, you know, yeah, like, I don't, uh, yeah. like it, it could kill a gig if you have a bass drum pedal that you, again, you said you didn't have time to tune. Like for me, yeah. if, my, if my bass drum foot isn't like, like I remember gigs where I'm just like, how the fuck do you play this? Like it's hitting <laughs> my leg. Like it's hitting my, the front of my, my leg. Yeah. And I can't like, and maybe it's just not adjustable. Maybe it's like broken or something. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Yeah. I can't play the gig. Like I won't be yeah. able to. Yeah. So um that, i wish that, i had a better it, answer i wish i had a better answer <laughs> no that is, that's a great answer i mean <laughs> I, I think that's a product of your uh your upbringing if you will that mm. you know you sit down in a kit and you've been in so many situations where you you it's not an option yeah or, or, or maybe it is but it's a shed session and be like you can't just play it the way it is like exactly. i'm sorry we can't give you 10 minutes in between you know breaks <laughs> to Make sure your snare angle is perfect and all this kind exactly. of stuff. You just need to sit and go. Just it's just a exactly. situation. Exactly. For me, the feel of the drum is the most important thing. I want to if I'm going to play a show that has to feel right, and the best way to make it feel right for me is first through tuning. And if it's not, if I you know if it doesn't feel right still through tuning, then I'll dampen it. And it kind of I like that kind of that when the head is dampened, it kind of gives it a little bit of a harder feel to the stick a little bit. Yeah, more of a dead feel. I like. I usually like that. Yeah, that's another reason why I like the the cutout head on the floor, Tom, because it gives a more, first off, more thuddy sound, but it gives it a more thuddy feel too, like you know, more dead. But the feel is the most important thing, and you can usually rectify a feel issue through uh, tuning, or, or, or yeah, or or dampening, because that that, dampening. Growl, that growl you're talking about is either um, the interval's too wide. Yeah, it needs to be closed up. So you you can either tighten the top top head or tighten the bottom head. So if you ever have that growly situation, I'm just saying like I, I, only because I made a tuning video recently and I had to figure it out yeah. on the fly. You can tune up one head or the other, and the growl will go away. It, yeah. it's, like, it's like it's like on a it's like on a on a um it's like on a bell curve. Mm. It's like no growl, inter interval's fine. Then the interval's too far. It's way too far. Okay, the interval's yeah. better. And then all of a sudden, and you can go top head, bottom head. On either wow. end, of the, uh, either end of the spectrum, and you have that bell curve where it sounds like complete. It's like a wow, wow, wow <laughs> sound. You know, it's it's horrible. And yeah, it is. Yeah. 
but then you have just like a wow, wow, wow. It doesn't go away, you know. But yeah, the, yeah. The tuning will, but it's always the fucking floor tom. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the yeah. depth of the drum that that gives it that growl. Like the middle tom kind of does it, but I like that. I like a little growl on my yeah, tom. I hear you. Tom. Yeah. But the floor toms, man, that's so common to sit on and just hit it and be like, ugh. Damn. Oh, same. Dude, I love a floor tom that sounds like a kick drum, personally. Yeah, exactly. The way I like to tune drums, I, I kind of learned it from uh, Stuart Copeland when I was watching him when I was like young. He he was said he said something like, I like my top toms to be like timbales and my floor tom to be a kick drum or something like that. And ever since then, that's been my approach. It's like, I like my first tom pretty cranked, my second tom... Like my first tom crank, my floor tom is a bass drum, so I have to have that middle tom be the connecting tissue yeah. between those two tones. So you know that's that's how I that's how I like it. I like a really low dummy low floor tom. So um, and, and it and dead like a kick drum. So it's just like a big thud. Um, so that that head the cutout head gives it that uh, that feel and that uh, dampening. I, I just don't like hitting a floor tom sometimes at random gigs and you, like you said. Uh, it's either cranked too high or the interview, the interval is all messed up mm-hmm. and it's got that weird wong and it doesn't feel right. And you're like, oh my God, I'm never going to hit that during this gig. And you know what? If I'm on a gig and I, and everything fails and I can't get anything to sound good, I'll just use kick drum and snare drum, uh, you know, yeah, uh, and the cymbals or whatever. I won't even, you know, I'll, I'll try to make it work the best that I can without those pieces if I don't need them. Um, yeah. Because, you know, most gigs, you know, nowadays, most gigs can be done with just a kick snare. And a I mean, we, we were just talking about that with, with, the, with the covers thing. Like, you, you really yeah. need, like, seven toms, you know, <laughs> or, like, eight cymbals or something to play, like, like Miley Cyrus and fucking AC or whatever. Like, you probably, exactly. you know, you could probably get no, it you don't. away with no, a one-up, one-down uh, type of situation. But, exactly. yeah, um, that's... That that's the that that's a really good uh, response, man. That's a really really, really great answer because it's more of like a toolbox. Yes. Like, hey, this is a this is a job. It's a paid job. If I'm, you know, an electrician or something like that, yeah, I'm going to show up in a truck, but I'm not going to bring everything in my truck <laughs> inside. I'm yeah, gonna, exactly. Like, Here's the job. Okay, it's a new house. I need to tweak a couple things. I can fit everything in one bag. I'm going to take the bag yeah. in there. But then I have another job down the street. I'm going to need the other shit. I'm going to need my ladder. Yeah. I need all my other tools or whatever. So exactly. Yeah, that's 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 solid, bro. Thank you. Thank you. All right, man. Well, I, I appreciate you uh, you coming on. It was it was a blast to start out my Saturday uh, chatting with you. <laughs> man, th- I can't thank you enough. Really, man. I really appreciate the the drum nerding out. It's really nice to finally talk and, and meet, man. I hope we can do it more soon. Absolutely. Um, yeah, dude. I, I can't thank you enough. I, I love this kind of stuff. I love just talking drummy drum stuff and and getting nerdy. And uh, you know, not enough people out there are uh, hungry for that kind of knowledge and that kind of you know nerding out. So I love it. I could go on and on and on. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I I do think they're out there, and that and that's part of the reason why I'm doing this. And and there are people that still hit me up randomly, and are like, "Hey, I was checking out the podcast, and I, I never even knew they were listening." So I mean, like, yeah, there are people that again are gonna get inspired by the things that we talk. Like, I get inspired. So I mean, it's it's a, it's a win win situation for everybody, brother. Yeah. Hell yeah! Totally. All right. Well, thanks, thanks everybody for tuning in. Thanks, Matt. See you next time. Thank you, brother. Thank you, man. Thank you, everybody.